You are listening to Revision, a podcast about church health and growth. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith, Director of Church Health Strategy at Texas Baptist. Join us as we discuss church growth, explore examples of healthy churches, and I share inspirational stories from years of ministry around the great state of Texas. Welcome to Revision. I'm Jonathan Smith, the Director of Church Health Strategy with Texas Baptist. Revision is a ministry of the Center for Church Health at Texas Baptist, the Baptist General Convention of Texas. And I'm joined today by my good friend, Dr. Roger Patterson, Senior Pastor of West University Baptist Church in Houston, but also the founder of City Rise Network here in Houston. Roger is the co-author of Leading from the Second Chair, Serving Your Church, Fulfilling Your Role, and realizing your dreams. And Roger, as I go around the state and talk to different pastors, I see that book all over the place. It's so good. What, like kind of, what kind of impact has that had on your ministry? You know, it's been fun. You know, Mike and I, um, we just had the, we were humbled to have the opportunity to start the conversation. What does it look like to be tasked to lead in your local congregation right. when you're not the lead leader? Yeah. And all the books that were written were all to, here's here's how you communicate vision. You know, Hybels, Maxwell, Stanley, yep. all that yep. kind of stuff. Great stuff. But I walk away frustrated with that. And yep. and so that kind of created some tension in our lives. And I was leaving a demon seminar, driving home, and the title, Leading from the Second Chair, flashed across my brain. Hmm. And uh, I just called Mike. I said, hey, we need to write a book. <laughs> it's called Leading from the Second Chair. I have no idea what it's going to say, but let's right. figure it out. Right. You know? And we, we started building it out from there. The thing know? I love about it and appreciate about, appreciate about it is that as a someone who's been a second chair and a first chair, I, I found it more helpful as a first chair than a second yeah. chair, really, yeah. because it helped me remember early on in my career what I needed to be Good. doing, what I needed to be like. Yeah. And so it was in, incredibly, incredibly yeah. helpful. Well, I'm honored to be a part. Thank you. So tell us about West University. Yep. Uh, we are uh, just a few um, miles mm-hmm. from the incredible med center here in Houston, mm-hmm. but also from Rice University. Right. So is West U because of the university? Yeah, it's West yeah. of West Uni- of, of Rice University. Yeah. It's West University Place. It's its own city. Okay. Right here inside the inner loop of Houston. And so there, Houston has three loops. There's the greater right. Highway 99 or the Grand Parkway. Then you come closer to that as the Beltway 8. And then the inner loop. Loop 610. Right. We're in the innermost loop. Uh, we have two physical campuses inside the inner loop, and then we just launched one out at um, in Missouri City. And uh, that's kind of our network of churches that either one church, but then we also have parachurches that partner with us. And so we, we kind of changed the paradigm on that a little bit. But West University Baptist mm-hmm. is was founded in 1928. Okay. Uh, when West University Place was just a suburb of right. Houston. Yeah, probably a small little community yeah. right in the middle yeah. of... Yeah, and it was a rice field. Um, <laughs> and so I was started by a missionary, retired missionary nurse named Nanny David. Okay. She came back from Africa and wow. started this little church on her front porch. Right. Uh, in the heart of Houston, Texas, So, or in, the, in West University Place. So um, we're, yeah, we're right up near, right up the street from Rice, right up the street from the Texas Medical Center. Yeah. It's a real fun part of town. Museum District is nearby. Right. So right. there's a cultural center right here 
near where we are. And the business, you know, downtown, you can be downtown in about, about seven or eight sure. minutes. Sure, so. a bit of the ballpark pretty yeah. quickly, but yeah. also be to KD before, yeah, yeah before too long. So yeah. it, it's kind of positioned in a really unique it's a, it's part right of town. It's right in the middle. Right yeah, the middle. it's a beautiful area. If you've never been here, Christmas time. It's great. Is a yeah. time to come, right? right? Because right. of all the Christmas lights that yeah. the people do. So yeah. th- this Westview has been here for a long time, but... Part of your revitalization story, and in just a moment, we're going to talk about the connection between community ministry and not just the growth of the church, but really more community ministry and the growth of the community. Cool. So, but tell us a little bit about Westview and your two campuses that you've added mm-hmm. and how that has been a part of your church revitalization yeah, story. That's a great here. question. Great question. So, in 1996, the church called Dr. Barry Landrum mm-hmm. to be their senior pastor. Mm-hmm. And it had gone through a tough, tough spot. It was down to two to about 300 people right, in worship on a Sunday morning. Um, Barry came to serve and um, and hired me in May of 97. I came as a youth pastor. Right. So I'm still here 24 yep. years later. Right, yeah. But really, he built the, rebuilt kind of the, the areas that had been broken down mm. and, and, and and Barry came in and just started loving on this church, his wife, Charlotte, as well. They started loving on these people and ministering to them and preaching the gospel and, and, and really, I mean, just led them well. Just, I mean, loved them and led them. Right. I came in as youth pastor. Ronnie Barner was our music minister mm-hmm. and administrator. He retired in December of 98. He, Barry asked me to be the associate January of 99. Right. Um, and so I was then taking, I still was doing student ministry, but then I took on a lot of the administration of the church right. and the facilities and oversight and just was hungry to grow. Mm-hmm. I knew God had called me to the pastorate. Right. And I just knew there was a lot I didn't know. And so he really developed me and gave mm-hmm. me opportunity. Uh, I don't think I saw, I, you know, looking back, I even said this to recently somebody, I had no idea what he was doing to develop me. And hmm. there were days I didn't want to stay here. There were days I wanted to run for the hills, sure. go work somewhere else. I could do it better. That's and the Holy Spirit rebuked me yeah. and said, no, sit down. I want you to learn to follow, <laughs> which right. is really where leading from the second chair comes from. Yeah, that's right. Is this, hey, there's this tension of your call to lead and follow, but the best kingdom leaders are ones who've learned to follow first. Mm-hmm. Right. And they follow and then... Then they learn to lead in that. And so that's kind of my narrative. Like the Spirit of God rebuked me and and mm. and taught me to be a leader by following a really good leader. Mm. By the time, so Barry got here, there was one service running about 300 people. By the time he retired in May of 2010, two campuses, four services, and um, wow. running about 1,200 people. Wow. So, wow. you know, God really used him. Uh, in 2004, someone came to him and said, hey, this church is... is um, it's an old church that was dying off mm-hmm. and the old first Baptist church of Bel Air. Right. And, uh, it's for sale. I may buy it and build some homes, but if I buy it, I may also, uh, you want, are y'all interested in putting, you know, launching another campus hmm. there? And it was a guy in our church and we did, we went through that process. Barry led the church through that process. And we launched in January, the last Sunday of January, 2005, we launched Crosspoint Church Bel Air. Okay. Couldn't put the West University name in the city of Bel Air. Yeah. Right. That's another city inside the city. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Right. And so we just, let's, let's just take all the constraints away. Crosspoint hmm. Church Bel Air and uh, open with 300, 300 people one Sunday and wow. never look back. Wow. And so for 
so for what 15 years we did those two interloop locations and he he let me start preaching yeah then right so again i didn't have any idea what he was doing developing me but he was developing me before i even knew it and i was preaching every weekend since wow. i've been pretty much preaching every weekend sure. here since 2005 right so um so that's somewhat of our story in 2014 uh i so we went through an intentional transition before that was cool uh, before my buddy William wrote a book about right. it, um, but uh, and he's done well with that. Yeah, um, went through an intentional transition. Uh, the church called me as the pastor. We did a year together. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he finished, Barry finished, and I uh, was allowed me to get some things in place. And long story short, um, took the reins in May of 2010. May in about October of 2014, Husta Robinson, a dear friend mm-hmm. that I'd known a long time ago comes to me says hey i've got this the old first baptist church missouri city right we're only running about 50 people would you all be interested in joining us and i was like oh and it's where god called me to ministry it's where my where my wife grew right. up yeah they had changed the name they tried some things they were looking for the right partner we weren't ready to go there necessarily but we started walking with them for about five or six years mm. and then in in january of 2021 this mm-hmm. year we launched city rise missouri city right so we did that in the pandemic. That's a campus specifically positioned to serve the poor of our city. We have a clinic there um, as part of the space, and we offer all sorts of you know food distribution, after-school care. We're yep. doing some stuff really to try to meet some practical needs of the city. And uh, that's, you know, so here we sit today. So We'll come back to the community ministry part in just, sure. in just a second. Um, but there were there's some incredible stories about how um the the work came came to be how you went from one campus to now three campuses yeah. in really a fairly short amount of time all things mm. all things considered but what really sparked uh sparked the growth because now three campuses all campuses are are growing but a moment ago you were talking about community ministry so help us understand yeah. Yeah. some of these community ministries and how they have uh, affected the kingdom of god sure. and then therefore affected the city because yeah. city rise that's where i'm headed Explain right. to City Rise to us, and then let's talk about the other Okay, part. yeah, so City Rise is our kind of our umbrella brand. You can go to cityrise.org, cityrise.org, to see our website. And in there, we have a website broken down by places to worship, ministries, and our partnerships mm-hmm. and ways to, to get involved. Um, but um, given the complexity of the two, two, two names and two cities— two miles apart, we launched this third campus. Like, what are we going to call ourselves? Yeah, right. Our vision, but but here's, it goes back to my call. When I was looking mm. at being the senior pastor, having been the associate pastor for 12 years, um, my wife and I had a Chris Tomlin concert, mm-hmm. and he starts singing God of this city. Right. And we're wrestling. Do they do they really want us? Is this where we need to be? They're mm. looking at us like, can, can he really do it? Sure. He's pretty young. Um, and Tomlin starts singing God of this city, mm. right? Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. And the Spirit of God speaks to both of us. Mm. And I look at her, and she looks at me. We both got tears. And right. So God's call to me is through the church to the city. Hmm. And um, and and it's different. It's just neat. It's unique. Right. And so there's a there's a, a couple of scriptures in Proverbs eleven that really inform that. Three of them actually. Proverbs Proverbs eleven ten a says, "Where the righteous prosper, the city rejoices." Hmm. 
Hmm. Proverbs eleven eleven a says, "Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted." Okay. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, "A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed." Hmm. So there's something to our stewardship of the righteousness that God's put us, the gospel message. There's something to that that lifts, that exalts a city, that prospers a city, and it's through generosity in which our way will be. We'll, we'll prosper ourselves. Right. And so the gospel itself at its nature is generous. So all of our community ministries exist to extend the generosity of Jesus out to our city. Hmm. And that's through a partnership with Casa Buen Samaritano. We have the last free clinic in the city. Wow. Uh, we have people, we started trying to reach thir- three zip codes and that's part of who we are, right? We had a medical missionary start this church. Yeah. We're near the it's Texas your, Medical Center. DNA, yeah, yeah. And we're, we've got a lot of doctors and, and, uh, you know, the guy that just started the U of H medical schools at our church, right? Mm. I mean, he's, I mean, that's, we, we got, that's who, who we are. And so we have this clinic and we started to reach since 2008, Casa Samaritano. We were trying to reach people in three zip codes and we mm. find ourselves reaching people in thir- and 113 zip codes. People well, that, that's the whole region, right. isn't right. that? That's like yeah. a- that's and it's you look at a map. That's not you're just like, the city of Houston. That's the no, whole. It's, like, it's big. Whole, uh, so you look at a map. Yeah. You're like, wow, wow. And that's one of the ways we're touching lives. Um, we have a ministry called Mercy House Ministries, mm-hmm. where you know, again, we're near Texas Medical Center. We had people coming to church services who were here in town, really from all over the world, primarily the states, but some from out internationally, coming here for cancer treatment, mm. and they would show up in our churches for worship. They needed a touch from God. They needed a word from God. Sure. They needed some need miracles, so, right? They need miracles. Yeah. Oh man, if you if you've been referred here to MD Anderson, you mm. got problems, right? Right. Right. We take it for granted. We're it's sure. right up the road. So we would pray with these folks, see them, meet them, pray with them, see them, meet them, pray with them. And I was like, golly, isn't there something else we can do? One of our members, uh, she was widowed, and uh, she was a nurse at MD Anderson, had mm. a townhome right up the street. So mm. she's just started inviting people to come that she was serving and they needed a place to stay. And she'd just host them. She would even sleep in the closet. Just five bedroom townhouse, townhome, four, four bedroom town and whatever it was. She'd sleep in the closet to, wow. to give these folks a so place. So she was hosting them in yeah. her personal home. Yeah. Apart yeah. from the church, not right. just right. her personal right. ministry. Wow. And then she and a, um, she remarried to another amazing man, believer Lee and Beverly and Lee live up in Lake Livingston. And mm. so they said, hey, can we keep this going? We're like, sure. And so we turned it into what we call Mercy House Ministries. Mm. And now we have three locations, three townhomes throughout the greater area nearby uh, where we help people who come to the city. And then some other folks have offered up bedrooms and things like that. So mm. we have a whole team of volunteers. We have we offer about six, 16 bedrooms a night, <laughs> about 1,200 nights worth of wow. ministry to people. Are those mostly full every night? Every night. Uh, Every night. Almost all the time. Wow. All the wow. time. And it's all lay led. And so mm. again, um, and the heart is, you know, if you look at the law, the law gives us God's heart and he wants us to look after the alien and the right. foreigner and the widow yeah. and the orphan. Yeah. Such an important discussion today yeah. in our world. And our aliens yeah. that were coming because we're in the really prosperous part of the city. Who's right. the alien? Well, it's these people coming in from all over the sure. all over the world. Right. Yeah. Who are in a desperate yeah. spot. Yeah. Got and and this, man, we got incredible. Look at this girl from Scotland. I don't even have time for that, but what a story. I mean, death's, she was on death's door and she got saved and coming here and she's like, God sent me to Houston to meet Jesus. Right? <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah. 
Yes, God I mean, has brought the world to you. He really has. Yeah. He really has. And then we have an ESL ministry. Hmm. Uh, English is a second language. Um, Kathleen Yarborough leads that and probably the finest ESL leader in the state. Kathleen trains and helps and other, but anyway, we offer five different classes a week. Mm. We mobilize folks and we got people coming from about 40 nations. Mm. Again, you're in the heart of the city. People send their best and brightest to these research organizations right. and institutions nearby, and they need to learn English. Mm. So with that, we have a Chinese campus. With that, we also have a couple of Spanish campuses. So, you know, every given Sunday you got you you can hear us in English, Spanish, or Chinese, and we got eight different worship services. I'm assuming and, you're just doing the English one, is that right? Yeah, I, 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 although they will interpret for me. Pastor yeah. Houston wants me to come do one at, at his uh, Spanish yeah. campus soon. So, so we're we're talking to Dr. Roger Patterson, the senior pastor at West University Baptist Church and the founder of City Rise Network here in the Greater Houston area. So, part of your story, you alluded to it a moment ago. Right. When when I talk to pastors around the state as the director of church health strategy for Texas Baptist, I hear a lot of guys talk about how they're called to the church, mm-hmm. but you're telling us you're called to the city. Mm-hmm. Tell us, the, what's the difference? So it's it's all about how I view the church, I think. Um, and that it's, I mean, it's just what God put in my heart. So I'm not going to tell somebody what they need to be called to or not. I'm just telling you what I'm, sure. yeah. how God's framed it up in my heart. It's it's um, to me the difference is wh- how you see the church and the people in the church. The church is not the destination. Mm. I tell our people this is Bucky's. You yeah, know, you in Texas here, if y'all are listening to us, you 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 know what Bucky's is. You right. see a Bucky's and it's full of people. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of stuff, and you know, man, you got all kinds of treats. I mean, sausage on a stick Come with on. a tortilla wrapped around it. Yeah, that is like our favorite. Chopped barbecue, yeah. beef oh, sandwich. Hey, Come watch on, out. that'll change your life. <laughs> but Bucky's is a fueling depot. It's right. a stop along the way towards where you're going. And I believe that's how I view the church is mm. like, look, this is a Bucky's. This is a place to come get fueled up, to go live out the purposes of God, the kingdom of God in your life, in the marketplace, mm. in your neighborhood, uh, under your own roof, sure. um, with your family, with your friends. This is, this is the place you come get fueled up. You right. get, you, you get your sausage on a stick or some of that chopped barbecue and, and, and it's good and yeah. it's rich and you get refueled, but you do that because you're heading out. It's not the destination. There's there's no place. I've had friends who've traveled here from around the nation. Right. To, and they, I always say, go to Bucky's. They always right. call and say, there was no place to sit and eat. Right, no. And, and that's, yeah. that's the that's point. That's the point. Right? Right. right, right. That, yes, we come to church and we sit for a little while and we are fueled and encouraged, but... The end goal of the discipleship of Jesus wasn't more informed disciples. It was sent disciples. Mm-hmm. So you guys have a strategy mm-hmm. of three words. Yeah. Tell us about that. Discover, develop, and deploy, yeah. right? If our vision is to lift our city and the world by generously giving the gospel, the means of, of accomplishing that vision is through the gifted people God's mm. placed before us. Mm. If this is Bucky's, then I want them to discover Christ and develop in their faith and mm. then I feel responsibility to give them the pathway in which to discover more of that influence and develop in that, and that's through deployment. Right. So we currently have a team of of uh, about 35 teenagers in Belize on sure. an international mission trip. Yep. We sent a team down to Honduras a couple of weeks ago and saw 141 new believers come oh, into wow. the kingdom. Wow. Um, there's not a day that goes by that we don't have something going on somewhere in the world with a team of people mm. doing something mm. for the glory of God, whether it's through Mercy House or through this clinic or through a worship service or some sort of deployment. We're, we're, we're using the talent God's given us. Mm. We deploy that so others can discover, then develop, and deploy themselves. And so it's a cyclical 
ongoing yeah. type of thing. We were talking earlier today about how um, too many too many times pastors, leaders, even uh, Christians, just followers of Christ, they're waiting. Mm. I, I don't know enough, we hear a lot as mm. pastors. Yeah, you've been in ministry for how long? Uh, mm, 20, 25, 26 yeah, years. Yeah, I've been in ministry for 30 years. years. So w- I've heard this so many times. Once I learn more, I'll be ready. Mm. Once I grow more, I'll be ready. Um, but the, the reality is it's in sending that is maturing. Like the idea is once I get mature enough, I'll go. Right. But if we right. follow the ministry of Jesus, what we see is that uh, he sent them pretty early on. Mm-hmm. He didn't wait until mm-hmm. they were, quote-unquote, fully formed. It was the sending that was part mm-hmm. of their forming. So mm-hmm. how have you seen growth in people's personal lives, you told us about the lady who started this yeah, ministry. Yeah, of it. But yeah. how, how have you seen people grow in their faith and in their life because of being deployed? Yeah, this, so the deployment piece leads to discovering of even more of Jesus when I'm willing to go. Um, I think it happens when we taste and see the Lord is good. When we get uncomfortable, whether that's in the Dominican Republic or in mm. Cuba or in Ecuador uncomfortable. or in yeah. yeah, when we get when we position ourselves to get uncomfortable, we grow. Yep. I mean, when I get on my Peloton treadmill, yeah. <laughs> it changes my life. Yeah. I don't delight in the Peloton treadmill; right. I delight in the fruit of it. Right. Yeah. So when I get uncomfortable, there's life change. Um, so when we get uncomfortable and we position ourselves to serve, mm. to not build our own selves up, but to serve others. That's where we look the most like mm. Jesus. I yeah. mean, he left his glory, emptied himself, and became a man and obedient to death on the cross, mm-hmm. right? Philippians 2, humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross, right? And it, it's and and that's, I mean, that's the model. So when we empty ourselves, we start to look like Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then we I, go, wow, that's cool. I need to do that some more. That's right. That's <laughs> right? right. You know, I, when people ask me, what are you addicted to? I, my answer used to be, um, I'm addicted to two things. One is chapstick. It's just mm-hmm. like I person. saw that, yeah, uh, recently. No, it's a, I've got 250. You problems. I have problems. Yeah. My name is Jonathan. I have a chapstick problem. But my other addiction was mission work, leading people mm-hmm. to to be uncomfortable. Uh, there's one mission trip in particular that I recall, similarly to El Salvador, doing mission mission work, medical mission work. Yep. We had a, a few nurses with us, a few nurse pac- practitioners, but we had never been. I had been to do some prep work, but they had just never seen it. And um, I remember at the end of the first day, mm-hmm. everyone was scared to death. What do we do next? Because we had four and 500 people showing up when we were capable of helping maybe 100 per day. But the the end result to that was this speech that I gave in kind of impromptu, but became everyone who led mission work. It became the the last day speech of whoever mm-hmm. the leader was. And that is that today is is um, not a special day. It feels special to us because we're at the end of this mission work and we're exhausted and we've experienced so much. But what we've done the last week on this mission trip is just every day. Mm. And when I listen listen to the stories of your church, mm-hmm. that's what I hear. I hope so. There are people that have been wow. deployed, but rather than just being, you know, one week out of the year being on a mission trip, but now their lives are being de- deployed, which is your so. word, yeah. every day. So help us understand what what is the what's the 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 power of that as it connects back to the local church. How is yeah. your church yeah. different because of your community, city ministry? Well, I mean, when you get a handful of your people to to a lot of your people involved in serving and, and giving away the gospel, it, it 
I mean, they need to be refueled because, mm-hmm. you know, when you can't give out what you don't have. So they right. come longing yeah. for the word. They come yeah. longing to, 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 and then they share it, man. When they see the work of God and tell the stories of God. I mean, Lacey Moses, who runs our Mercy House Ministries, mm-hmm. texted me last night, mm-hmm. please pray for and mobilize people to pray for this young man. We found a spot for his grandmother to stay. He's a child. He's on death's door. He had oh, this wow. massive tragic accident, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Please pray. I Okay, Lord, we pray for the. I mean, I get a lot of those, right? So sure. we pray. I mobilize some folks to pray. About an hour later, he's just opened his eyes. Da, 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 you know, he's mm. grabbed hold of this. And, da, you know, well, man, Lacey's all lit up about right. ministry. Yeah. And, and and her job in ministry is to help people find a place to sleep when mm. they're in town for some mm. sort of medical care, right? <laughs> right? But she's like, look at this. This kid's life is, you know, God's mm. hearing our prayers, right? So, I mean, that's contagious. It is. That's it is. life. Life begets life. Yeah. And when we can get, turn people's attention away from our navel out to the lost world around us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, people are dying, going to hell, yeah, and they're desperate for what we have. And the question is, will we empty ourselves and live for our King and His kingdom, and and seek generosity? If we give give ourselves away generously, because the gospel is, and its core, a message of a generous God mm-hmm. giving, emptying Himself, right. For on our behalf and being the the sacrifice of atonement, so so then we lead with generosity, right? So if if a pastor or a deacon or a church leader or a church member is listening today, yeah. they may think to themselves, "Okay, well, I know a little bit about Westview. I know where you are. You're in sure. a highly affluent area in the Greater Houston area, so mm-hmm. that must make it easy." Um, hmm. Which is not the truth, of course. Sometimes uh, financial means makes things more complicated, mm. but. Help us understand a, a pastor who's listening and is thinking, I'm not placed in Westview. Yeah. I'm placed in West Texas, Good. or I'm pl- placed in, in Austin, or I'm placed in the Valley. Right. What, what are the first steps to be a, a community, a church community that is for the community, yeah. for the gospel yeah. in the community? You know, I think of Nehemiah just being burdened for the walls, mm. right? I mean, you got to get captured by a burden. Mm. And what's your burden? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to get stuck in your pain of this. This is not good. We got because all leadership begins with a burden mm-hmm. everywhere. All movement starts with, OK, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. I lost 50 pounds in the last six months, but I was tired of being tired. Right. Mm-hmm. Stuck in that spot. Um, Number one. Number two, start with where you are and what you got. Mm-hmm. Start where you are with, what you, with what you got. So tell us more about that. Well, Nehemiah is a cupbearer of the king. Right. And he and this this. This city that he was burdened for was like 900 miles away. Mm-hmm. He was from there, but he'd never been there. Yeah, it makes no sense, really. Right. <laughs> he just was worn down to hear that. He wept for the people mm-hmm. and for the condition of mm-hmm. the walls, mm-hmm. right? Well, where was he? He was a cupbearer to whom? The king. Mm. So he took that position. He prayed. He fasted. Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm. And then he went there and he asked. And he believed God was going to make provision, right? Fundamental to all this is we believe God's ahead of us. Mm, that's good. Jesus is about to feed the 5,000 and, and the disciples want to send them away. And this is John 6. And, 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 and he goes to Philip, hey, Philip, where are we going to get food for all these folks? Mm. Philip was from that region. That's why he asked him. Right. Right. Like it's a legit question. Yeah. And you're like, man, we ain't, it's going to take a month's wage. There's no Bucky's nearby. We got nothing, yeah, right? right? Not even Bucky's. <laughs> 
But it says, I think it's John 6, 6, for he already had in mind what he was planning to do. Mm. Mm. And if we, I mean, where does the burden come from? It comes from God himself. Right. And he already has in mind what he wants to do. Mm. And he weighs us down and then we go, okay, what are we going to do? We got to start with what I got. What I got. Where I'm located and what I've got. Where I'm located with what I got. I got some talented people. Yeah. And we're right next to this medical center. Right. And we got these people coming through our door who need a place to lay Mm. their head because this is a foreign town to them. Right. And so how do we ask, what do we do? And we just, we, Lord, you're going to show me, you're going to open the way for that. And we started with this one lady, right? Mm. And now we have this really cool ministry. And then, and then we had some doctors, a a mission guy grew up on the mission field. Now he's the dean of a medical school, but, but he, he was burdened for a clinic and we had a contractor and a pastor and a, Mm. and a doctor come together going, what if we started a free medical clinic Mm -hmm. and and gave the gospel away through that? So every person that gets medical care gets, gets, um, gets the gospel too. Right. Prayed with, prayed for oh, that's the way it's ministry, yeah. right? And then it's partnership with the Spanish congregation and the English congregation coming together. Mm. We bring our best gifts and we serve people right. in our city. And uh and, and then you, you just you build it out. And, and and it's like baseball, right? It's yeah. baseball season. You with the Astros yep. game last that's night. Right. Great comeback. But it's one at bat at a time. Mm. One pitch at mm-hmm. a time. One Sunday yeah. at a time. One conversation at a time. But the burden and the vision is coming from God. And then you've got to believe he's going to provide for that vision. Because right. provision is God for the vision, right? right? And yeah. so money's not the problem. It'll come. Yeah. If I believe that he's leading us, and sometimes it just takes a long time to get things done, yeah. right? I mean, this new campus in Missouri City that we wanted to do, and it's really not a new campus, it's an old church. Sure, just just been reworked to, just, to some degree, yeah. But we were trying to do that in 2016, mm, mm-hmm. and that got 2015 and 2016, yeah. and that got stalled. And so we just patiently kept walking. Now, mm. five years later, right? Because you hear the podcast, you're like, oh, man, that's not, well, hey, man, we're just day in, day out. Yeah. You got to keep showing up. Church revitalization and church growth is slow, but, but, but slow is okay. Because we can, because look, if you want something done fast, tear it down. Sure. There's, you can tear anything down in a day. Yeah. Yep. To build something yeah. takes seasons and months. Right. And so even now, let me just encourage your listeners, man. They're trying to rebuild their congregations mm-hmm. from COVID. Mm-hmm. Y'all, it's going to be a whole almost another year. Right. Just don't rush the rebuild, but rebuild and just show up, show up. And I think faithfulness is the goal, right? Right. Jesus will, we want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. You because know? that's the measure of success for right. us pastors. It's not, faithfulness. not the not the size of the church. Right. Right. Not, not how many yeah. people you're I'm preaching over all to. That. But yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. being faithful. Yeah. yeah. So how do I be faithful with mm. what God's given me? And and I think realizing he's gonna hold us accountable for the talent he's placed in our midst. Yeah. I mean and it's the parable of the talent. So how do I take the two or the five or even the one and not bury it but mm. multiply it? Mm. Right. And that's where I think you take some of that mindset and strategy and you just say, well, we'll just swing away and see what happens. Yeah. And it's more fun to play offense than it is to play defense. Yeah, right. In in, in leadership. <laughs> I promise you. 
where we feel like we're now playing offense again. It's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. You know, for, for COVID, man, we're just on our heels. I told somebody yesterday, we've been spending all our leadership capital. We've been mm. we've been building over 20 years. Yeah. We've just spent it, you right. know. In a short like, amount of time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We blew through it. We had to. We right. didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. But God's been good. You know, when, when a church is outward focused, there's just no time to really – uh, have the frustrations and fighting that you hear about some churches, but when all your energies are are towards discipling people and making disciples and make disciples and reaching the city, who ha- who has time for for sideways energy well, that happens? The, in the, church, the right? enemy does, right? Uh, yeah, he'll yeah. he'll bring stuff up. He, he he'll rear his head to try to take us. But again, go back to the story of Nehemiah. If 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 you're in a rebuild, I want you to I want you to read Ezra and I want you to read mm-hmm. Nehemiah. I'm actually mm-hmm. doing some writing on that right now. Oh wow. It's the story in the Hebrew Bible. It's one book. Mm, Ezra right. and Nehemiah is one book. Right. Yeah. And ours, we've separated them, and it's a it's a what? It's a long journey. It's about an eighty year window of time. Ezra is the restoration, the rebuilding of the temple. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah is the rebuilding of the walls. Right. right. Rebuilding the temple happened over three kings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cyrus, Darius, Artaxerxes. Yeah. The rebuilding of the walls happened in 52 days. Right. All of that, though, took all sorts of manpower and energy mm-hmm. and time and patience yeah. and, and the like. And so my encouragement is just, look, stay the course. Yeah. Be encouraged. But note, there are sand ballots and Tobias out there that sure. want to pull you off of that wall. Yeah. And you've got to decide, is this worth all my energy to come off of here? Yeah. Go deal with that, then they come back over here and try to start this engine again. Yeah. So I think think understanding where some of these distractions come from helps us too. Yeah. So final question. You've you've been on staff here or mm-hmm. the pastor here for how many years altogether? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. So tell us the power of longevity. Yeah. Because you were a youth pastor. That is a loaded question. Yeah, no. You know, they've just, I'll tell you, and tell you the power of longevity is because I've got a gracious people here. Mm. They're, they're yeah. kind yeah. and loving and um, put up with me for mm. a long time. Mm-hmm. But I also think, um, I was texting a buddy of mine who I was really encouraging him. You know, a lot of you, I wouldn't say us because I've been through a lot of these seasons. A lot of us leaders go through some really hard times, mm-hmm. and we just want to, we just want to leave. Yeah, believing that's the solution. Yeah, Psalm fifty-five. Uh, David talks about that. Yeah. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I yeah, would fly. Yeah, away and get be me out of here. Yeah, to the desert. Well, what happens in the desert? People die. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there can be joy again where you are. Mm, that's good. And we have a good shepherd, and there are valleys of the shadows of death. We sure do have a good shepherd, though, who walks us through those. And he'll take you to high places, and those are really good, too. Mm. And that's the power of longevity. You get to them, some of those high places go, oh, this is good. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. so glad I stayed through yeah. that valley to get right. to this high place. But then it's neat just to know that he so frequently lays me down in the green pasture mm. And then he supplies my table and mm-hmm. prepares it before me yeah. and anoints my head with oil yeah. and goodness and mercy are following right. me. And then the, the good, good news is at the end, man, I yeah. dwell in this house, right? So this church has a history of long tenure. Mm. I mean, Ronnie Barner, after he retired, he was on staff 38 years. Then he retired and was our senior adult minister part-time, still as an officer. He's now pastor emeritus. <laughs> But for so fifty two years he oh, served my here. Goodness. Dr. Fowler, Lee Ray Fowler served here twenty three years. Barry wow. Landrum thirteen years. Um, 
you got some longevity sure. in the story. Sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and so they've been graciously, uh, they graciously follow. Yeah. Re- revitalization and church growth, uh, it takes time. Yeah. It does yeah. take long, yeah. longevity. And um, if, if, if you're listening today and you're frustrated and you're tired, uh, know that some of your best days may be ahead. Yeah. Uh, rely on the Lord. Uh, rely on His strength. Remember that uh, it's not your church. Uh, it's his church, yeah, and and he can, can I, he can, and we'll see there. Yeah, I'm going to blow this your timeline up. I know that you're, you're, you know, we're you're, fine. You're, you're we're over time, but there's something in th- Psalm 37 about waiting on God, though. Mm. Too, there's, you know, with that bumper sticker verse, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give yeah. you the desires of your heart. Right. But put it in the context, right? The context mm. is in waiting, because mm. in verse seven, it's going to say, "So be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him." Right, right. And in those first three verses, there are eight things that we're called to do. Stop fretting. Fret not mm. when evil men succeed in their ways. Mm-hmm. You know, because like the grass, they're about to fade, right? right. Um, trust in the Lord. Do good. Mm. Dwell in the land. Mm. Cultivate faithfulness, right? Uh, NIV says, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. But it's, right. it's like graze where you are. You just chew on that grass right mm. there, you know, because mm. the, the, you think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. <laughs> it may not it's be. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It may not be. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Trust in him, and he will do this. And then here's what it says. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn mm. and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Right. So be still and wait patiently for the Lord. Here's what I figured out in the longevity. Back to your question. Right. There's nothing I can do in all of my days to make my right living shine like the morning sun mm. or like high noon. Mm. I just can't. Right. And so I've tried to kick my way out of here and go to other places mm. and do other things because I was hurt and I was mad and I was broken. And I was, sure. I was telling you, man, if you take that to Jesus and you give it to him, the mess you're feeling can become your message to mm-hmm. others. Like, hey, hang in there. Yeah. There is joy again. Mess to message. Oh, isn't it good? That's great. And that's when, 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 when our lives are sanctified, that's what happens. Right. The mess we've created or happened to us right. becomes a message we have for other people. Yeah. And so then you start seeing guys like, why are alcoholics burdened for other alcoholics? Yeah. Alcoholics yeah. who are restored, why yeah. are they burdened? Because that was their mess. Yeah. And they know. And they want to help somebody else. Right. right? So their mess becomes their ministry mm. and it becomes their message. It becomes their story. Mm. That's that sanctified life. And why he doesn't just take me when, when I'm right after I get saved, he didn't just bring me right to heaven. No, I want to grow in the image of Jesus and I want to use you. Right. And that's really fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to hijack. No, you're time, good. But, you're good. Um, <laughs> it's fun. We have been visiting old the, college buddies. That's right. Old college buddies. We didn't even tell the good stories. We <laughs> Houston Baptist University. Good Baptist boys. It was all clean. It was all Uh good. Uh, We've been visiting today with uh, Dr. Roger Patterson from West University Baptist Church and also from City Rise. Tell us how we can uh, see your website, some more about your ministries and your church. Yeah, cityrise.org. Yep. Cityrise.org. We get three campuses and then online at youtube.com slash cityrise.org. Uh, as well on YouTube, um, just our worship services and the, and the like. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at Roger Patterson. Great. Thanks for listening to Revision today. We appreciate you being our guests. Uh, but most, no, of, most of all, thanks, for, thanks to you, Roger, for your time and for your ministry. And uh, we'll continue to pray that God will raise this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we know that the Lord is going to use you and your church to do that. Thanks, so, Thanks for your appreciate time, buddy. It. Have a good day.